0: We're in the book of Colossians. Cheryl did an introduction last week, so we want to jump through this through the summer. We're going to do a whole series on Colossians. Today, I just want to deal quickly with the first 14 verses. Say amen. <laughs> 14 verses, Pastor. You can do it. Say, you can do it, Pastor. I'm with you. Come on. All right. All right. So it, what's amazing about this is Paul starts off with such an amazing, uh, lovely prayer and and, uh, introduction and greeting to the church in Colossae, and it's interesting because the church in Colossae, the whole purpose of the book uh, was to speak to a church that was in the midst of a struggle, a, a church that was in a place where there was a lot of false doctrine, there was heresy, there was all kinds of things trying to attack what had been started there by the Lord. So Paul was very aggressive in his word to them and in his letter to them, he wanted to make sure that they were okay, you know what I mean? So he prayed a prayer, a big wish, and he wished and prayed over them an amazing prayer that we're going to talk about quickly this morning and we're going to bless you with. All right, you got any wishes? You got any dreams? You got any hopes? Got any stuff? I had three guys on a desert island. You remember those three? Three guys on a desert island, and, and when they were there, they'd been there for a while, developed a really great friendship. We're so glad, hey, if I ever had to be deserted on a desert island, I'm really glad it's with you, because they just really developed a real fondness for each other. But one day, digging around and messing around, uh, the one guy hit something kind of hard in the soil there, and he went, what's that? And they dug around it, pulled it out, and it was a, it was a, a, a little... You know, it almost looked like a bottle. This might be a genie bottle. And he, he started to rub it. He says, I think you rubbed the bottle. And he rubbed it. And so said, poof, sure enough, a genie popped out and said, all right, I've got three wishes. So I'm going to give one to each. And they went, wow, this is so awesome. The one guy said, man, I miss my family. I just, I wish I was home. Poof, he was gone. And the other guy said, man, I don't have family at home, but I miss all the wonderful things that you can have in this world. I'd really love to be really wealthy, and I'd love to be floating around the Caribbean on a yacht. He was gone. And the other guy was standing there going, man, this is great. I really wish I had my friends back. They were back. Okay, we don't want that kind of a wish, do we? We want something good, something better than that, amen? But you know, Paul prayed some incredible things over this church, and it's so overwhelming that you can barely get your head around it, but it's all good stuff, so we're gonna look at it. You ready? Let's pull my screen for me there. Good, you got, this is a place where religious pluralism and syncretism is encouraged. It means the truth being diluted for the sake of unity. That happens sometimes, right? Let's, let's embrace every faith. Let's just embrace every religion. For the sake of unity and loving people and loving others, let's just be... Be tolerant and let everything go on, believe everything, grab everything. Well, you know what? The Christian faith really isn't very tolerant. It's incredibly loving and incredibly accepting, but we're not very tolerant. What do you mean by that, Pastor? There's only one way that you can have access to the Father, and that's through the finished work of Jesus Christ. That's the one area that is just, that is a a game breaker right there, because it's Jesus, it's only Jesus, it's through him, it's through the finished work of the cross, it's not a whole bunch of other stuff. You see, that's what Paul wanted to address with the church in Colossae. See, Paul had a a guy, Epaphras, who was one of the disciples he had, he went to Colossae and started this church. Paul had never even been there. It was a little church it was a church that had a lot of industry but the industry left town it was like a, a a small town outside of pittsburgh where you know we're depressed and there's nobody around you might think what an insignificant church why write such a big letter to them the reason he did is because the truth is so important and the false teachings and doctrines that were trying to come in and, and the other religions, and they were pressing in and going, yeah, we'll take Jesus, but blend it in with everything else. You're going, you can't do that. For the sake of everyone, we can't do that. For the sake of the whole world, we can't do that. Jesus stands alone. Jesus is the only way to the Father. He's the only way to freedom. He's the only way to every dream and desire of your heart. Jesus is Lord of all. Can I get a hallelujah? Can I get a go faster, Pastor? Can you go faster, Pastor? All right, so Lord, he is Lord. I mean, Paul asserts the supremacy and the sufficiency of Christ. Jesus is Lord, therefore he is fully able to qualify us as saints for every good thing. All right, so primarily written to confront heresies, the four heresies, Gnosticism, Legalism, Mysticism, and or Seditism, and we're gonna deal with all four of those, not today, but we're gonna deal with all four of those over the summer, and I'm gonna show you how they're alive and well, even attacking the church today. We're going to show you that we don't need to get into that because Jesus alone is good enough. He really is. And if you add anything else to the gospel, the good news of the grace of God, you got a different gospel that's got no power. So it's very, very important that we stay fixed in the goodness of God and who he is. So let's go. Colossians chapter 1, 1 and 2. You ready? This letter from Paul, chosen by the will of God, the apostle Jesus Christ, from our brother Timothy. So Timothy and he are writing this together. He said, we're writing to the holy people. Say, holy people. I mean here's a group of people who are being attacked by heresy and all kinds of crazy stuff but you know what his first comment to them is you're holy people other translations you are saints you are hagios you are set apart you are the quality of God himself you are holy people in the city of Colossae and listen to this you're not just holy but you're faithful so he's not just commending them saying you're holy people because of what God did but he's saying you also are faithful to be that holy people so he says you're faithful brothers and sisters in Christ. May God, our Father, give you grace and peace. What a great introduction. Amen. Let's go to the next verse. We give thanks to God, the Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, for whom we have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. We heard of your love for all of God's people, which comes from your confident hope of what God has reserved for you in heaven. We, we, since you have heard the good news, since you heard the good news, faith erupted, love erupted, and hope erupted. Now, what are the great qualities of any great church? In Corinthians, when he said, talked about the gifts, he plunked in the middle, 1 Corinthians 13, where he said the greatest of these is love. Loves what's really important. I mean, love is really what conquers all love is the greatest gift of all he said the greatest is faith hope and love but the greatest is love and I mean if he's going to speak to a church I mean if he's going to write a letter to impact church I'd really love him to say that your faith your love and your confident hope I'd like him to say those are all active in the fellowship so you can see he's saying you're holy people you're faithful people faith is active love is active and your hope is active so this is a great commendation for a great church can I get a hallelujah all right let's move on Let's move on. Verse 6, then the same good news that's going, it's going all over the world. He says, the good news that you received and impacted you and produced this fruit in you, it's going all over the world. It is changing lives everywhere. Everywhere. The gospel of grace is touching lives everywhere. The world is being changed by this message. Just as it changed your lives from the first day you heard it and understood the truth about God's wonderful grace. Say Grace. Wow, ever since you got impacted by the truth about God's wonderful grace, that good news about God and how he's disposed towards you, since you received it in your hearts, that same gospel is exploding all over the world. Verse 7. Verse seven and eight, it says, you learned about the good news from Epaphras, our beloved coworker. He is Christ's faithful servant. He's helping on our behalf. And he told us about your love for others that the Holy Spirit's given you. I love that too. I mean, the love for others that the Holy Spirit gave you. How many know that the best way to love other people is with the love of God? because the love that he wants us to love others with is his love, and we'll never really be able to do it with our stirred up or or stoked up love. It's the love of God that he poured into our hearts that overflows our hearts, and we can love others, and it's a Holy Spirit thing to love like that. It really is. If you're full of the Holy Ghost, and you're flowing in the glory, you better be manifesting oobs and goobs and globs of love. Amen. Look that up in the dictionary, oobs and goobs and globs. Alright, But the Holy Spirit in you should, big primary manifestation, should always be love. Can I get amen. amen? Verse 9, so we have not stopped praying for you since we heard about you. I mean, we're so excited about how the gospel's taking root and is expanding and growing. We ask God to give you complete knowledge. This is great because part of the thing was is that one of the attacks on the church was you get closer to God through knowledge and through a mystical knowledge. There's hidden things that you can ascend to and you can pursue hidden things and mysteries and you can pursue those things and you can get closer to God through these mysteries. And they took the focus off of Jesus. Like I love that song. It says, he'll take you higher and higher. But sometimes you go somewhere and it's like you're taking you higher and higher. It's not about you taking you higher and higher. You know what? He will give you access to everything. He'll never hold out on you. If you say, take me higher, he goes, I thought you'd never ask. He'll take you higher. It says he gives divine wisdom to whoever asks. He says, and he does it without finding fault, which means he's not a fault-finding God who's standing back saying, I've got divine wisdom who wants to achieve it. No, who wants to receive it. And it's not about finding fault. I'm not a fault-finding God. I'm a God who wants to pour wisdom upon you. I've qualified you to receive it. I've qualified you to walk in these mysteries. I did it. You see, other people, well, I am going into the deep things. God takes everyone into the deep things. You just got to say, I want something. Yeah, that's right. Ask. Ask for a wild trip into the back 40 of the glory. Ask. And you'll say, grab my hand. <laughs> He'll say, well, I would take you, but your life is not holy enough. No, he won't say that because he's not a fault-finding God. He gives without finding fault. That's not my word. That's his word. See, he will give you complete knowledge. The word that Paul uses there, uses it on purpose. It's not gnosis, where you get gnosticism from, or knowledge, but he chooses to make it epinosis. He says, not just a knowledge, but God, I pray that God will give you complete knowledge of his will and give you spiritual wisdom and understanding, precise and correct knowledge. Knowledge, very precise. Epignosis, not just gnosis, but I pray for epignosis—a gnosis that is is like just a laser beam that gets you deep into the truth—and I ask God to give it to you, wow. to give it to you. And you know what? If Paul said this prayer for them, and he's inspired by the Holy Ghost to pray it, you need to say, "Yum, yum! I'll receive some of that." Yeah. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. All right, verse ten. Verse ten. Then say then. Yeah. What what will happen then? What will happen then? And if it was there then, it means you have to understand what was before. What was before? The gift of epinosis. If you get epinosis, you get that kind of precise wisdom, then you will live, you will live all, your lives will always honor and please the Lord. So it's not that you're, you have to live a life pleasing the Lord and then you get, no, you get epinosis. You get a full revelation of his will, his mind, his heart, and his understanding. Then you live pleasing to the Lord. See, living pleasing to the Lord isn't what gets you stuff. Getting stuff from him causes you to live pleasing to the Lord. It's That's just semantics, Pastor. No, it's deadly serious. Because if you get those backed up, you won't get anything. These will produce lives and you will produce every kind of fruit. All the while you will grow, you will grow, you will grow as you learn to know God better and better. How do you grow? Learning to know God better and better. How do you get to know God? Ask him. Let him pour out epinosis all over you. Let him give you the clear, specific revelation of who you are and who he is and what your relationship is about. Verse 11. Verse 11. We also pray that you will be strengthened with all his glorious power. Not we pray that you would be stronger and you would just push harder. Strive a little more. I pray that you would be strengthened with all His glorious power so that you will have endurance and patience and that you may have and may be filled with joy. How many know sometimes when you're in the middle of a promise, what do you need? You need endurance. How many know when you got something in front of you that looks like, you know, things you desire and hope for, you're not making it. It's not happening the way you thought it was. You know what you need? You need all of His glorious power because at that point you need endurance and you need patience and you know what you need some of too? Ha ha ha. What are you happy about? Things in your life seem messy. What's going on? Ah, it's not over yet. Ha! Why are you laughing now? Because I know the end. Some people wait to laugh. I'm I'm waiting until God comes through for me. Then I'm going to get happy. Are you kidding? Get happy now because God is faithful. Verse 12. Love this. Verse 12. Always giving thanks to the Father who has enabled you. Say, enabled you. Say qualified. He qualified you to share in the inheritance that belongs to his people who live in the life. Qualified. Hikano. I don't know. Something like that. Anyways, to make sufficient, render fit, to equip one with adequate power to perform one's duties. God qualifies you. He qualifies you. I love that. He qualifies you. Go ahead. Go ahead. Next one. Acts 26, 18 and 19, is amazing that Paul's commission literally overlaps verses 12 to 14. You see that the commission that God gave to Paul is what he is absolutely committed to to do. We'll slide by that just because I don't have time. Colossians 1, 13 and 44, he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness, transferred us from the kingdom of, to the kingdom of his dear son, who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. Amen. Thank you, pastor. Thank you, pastor. All right. New Covenant. What's the New Covenant? Merriam-Webster's Dictionary. It's redemption by God to people as individuals rather than a nation on the basis of God's grace rather than the person's adherence to the law in Christ. Jesus is the mediator of New Covenant. That's right out of the dictionary. Not the Bible is right out of the dictionary. I promise a promise redemption by God based on God. God did it. The New Covenant. A New Covenant invites broken people into a relationship with a holy God, an agreement made between two parties, God and God. Who's the New Covenant cut between? It's cut between two people. Who's it cut between? It's cut between God and God. What's amazing is God cut a deal with himself, but he said, all the benefits go to you. Isn't that amazing? So the deal is binding on both sides because God is faithful. So God cut the deal with himself. God sent his son. God made a deal with God. And in that, God said, all the benefits go to you. That's why you're more than a conqueror. Yeah, so it's an obligation. He defined the terms, and he alone fulfilled every obligation, a relationship made possible by the death and resurrection of Jesus, a relationship based on faith and grace rather than the works of the law. That's from the theological dictionary. All right, I got Ephesians 4, 2, 4 to 9, but I'm going to skip that. Just I want to tell you God does all of that to satisfy his intense love. He does all of this why to satisfy his intense love. God so ridiculously loves you that he can't help himself and he pours blessing after blessing after blessing upon you. Go ahead. All right, benefits of qualification. Are you ready? Are you ready? We're gonna do this really fast. Here's the benefits. All the things you could wish for, he's qualified you for. Isn't it good? Isn't it good? Look at this, I got, uh, see what this is? It's my driver's license. (laughs) This qualifies me to get in a car out there and drive down any street in London that I want. This qualifies me to drive a moving vehicle, and I can go everywhere I want. So when they pull me over and I'm doing something wrong, they want to say, wow, who qualified you? (laughs) Show me your papers because we question your qualifications. And then you show them the qualifications, and they say, oh, wow, you did get qualified. Well, you're a nut, and we're going to take your qualifications away because we don't want you driving on the road anymore. All right? But you see, I got this because I qualified myself. I got this because I went and wrote wrote some tests and then I did some driving and people said, because of your performance, we're going to give you a qualification certificate and I have this driver's license. It's a permit to drive and this says I can drive. But it can get taken away from me and my performance or poor performance could cause me to fall out of this qualification. Wow, hey, so here's my Manulife financial card. It's Manu Assist. So if I'm anywhere in the world and I have an accident or do something, I just hand this to the doctor. All my bills are covered and they'll take care of everything. Isn't that awesome? Even liposuction on my belly because I ate too much pizza in Italy. No, just kidding. I don't want that. I love this belly. Okay, I'm making more room for God. You know, this this I got. This I have is the benefit of being a part of the Apostolic Church in Canada. Now, I could screw up I got it because they say that I'm qualified to be in their benefit program. But you know what? I could do something stupid as a pastor, and they could say, hey, we don't even want you on our team anymore. And I could have to give up my card because uh, I'm no longer qualified to have the card. But right now, I can, so I'll keep it in my pocket. I got that from the government of Ontario. They said I'm qualified to operate as a, a justice, to, to do marriages and all these other things. So they have deemed me totally qualified. I got, I got that qualification because I have this. It's my ordination with the Apostolic Church in Canada. They said I'm qualified to be an ordained minister to do all these things. So I sent that to the government because they said I was qualified. The government then said I was qualified. So I got these plaques hanging on my wall because I'm qualified. <laughs> And they did all of that because I went to this place and got a diploma from Elam Bible Institute. And the two little uh, attachments on the bottom there, that means I graduated with more than a 92% average. And I was an honor student. So, I qualified for all that stuff. And I've got all that stuff. And that stuff allows me to do things. You ever gone for a job? They said, you're not qualified. But here's the beautiful thing in Christ. Whatever promises he has made, they're all in Christ. He qualified you. And he qualified you. And because he qualified you, he's the one who did it. You don't get to disqualify yourself. You didn't qualify yourself. And because it's a covenant cut between God and God, your part is just to believe. You don't have to make yourself like God to say, I'd like to be like you to be in on the covenant. I would like all the benefits you're talking about, so I would like to be like God. No, you don't have to worry about it. We did it for you. We brought you into union with us. We brought you into this amazing community. There's Father, Son, and Holy Ghost in you. We brought you right into our community. Wow. Wow. Did I have to do anything? Oh, you just believed in the finished work of the cross. And you got in. You got in the most holy community that exists. The most beautiful fellowship that ever existed, you have absolute access to because you believed in Jesus. He qualified you. And Paul is saying all this other nonsense that's attacking this church in Corinth, all these other things, don't listen to it. Don't let them disturb the gospel of the goodness of God that you received. You are holy. You are faithful. You have faith and love and hope, and you're accelerating. This is moving throughout the whole world. Don't let anybody disturb what you've received. Don't entertain other philosophies. Don't do it therefore it's very terse it's intense and the way it's written in, in the style it looks like wow this guy's serious about this letter he sent us because he's serious about the freedom that you have in christ all right gonna go through six really fast you ready you ready here we go you ready number one you're restored to the father oh wow they're going faster than i am Number number one, you're restored to the Father. He says, your Father. I pray the Father. It's your Father. Number two, you're granted an inheritance. You have a share in an inheritance. And part of that inheritance, we should never really diminish. Because the inheritance, the priceless inheritance that we have, as Peter said, we have an inheritance that is kept in heaven. Folks, here's some really good news. Because you're a child of God, you have eternal life. And you will spend eternity in heaven with God that's actually really good news wow number three we made he we we made he sorry i should be he he made and declared you holy he made and declared you holy he didn't just declare you holy he made you holy do you feel holy you're a made person You're made holy. To the saints in the light, in Acts 26, it says, those who are sanctified by their good works, their efforts, and their Bible studies. No, it says those who are sanctified by faith. Sanctified, finished tense, done, made holy. Who made you holy? God. Are you holy? Absolutely holy. How can you say that? Got it right here. Got my badge. It says, I am holy. You know what? And that one, nobody can take from you. God made you holy, but you don't always perform holy. Well, that's stupid of you because you are holy. So a holy person can do unholy stuff, yes. Have you ever seen an unholy person do holy stuff? You ever seen an unholy person show up, start shoveling your driveway with you? You ever seen an unholy person show up and start digging posts for you for your fence? You ever seen an unholy person kind of take you out golfing and and decide to pay for it? You ever seen somebody who doesn't even believe in Jesus do a righteous act? Absolutely. Does that make them holy? No. The only thing that makes you holy is the finished work of the cross and belief in him. And you know what? Even your messed up behavior, which you should not do, because you're having powwows with Satan when you do that, and sin will affect your life, but it won't affect the declaration and won't affect the fact that God made you holy. He became sin for you that you might become the righteousness of Christ. And you know what? Getting revelation of that, getting epignosis of that, causes you to live a life worthy and pleasing of the Lord. Number four, Number four, completely delivered, completely delivered, rescued you out of the kingdom of darkness. I am not subject to darkness anymore. Anytime darkness encroaches on your life, you got to realize I am completely delivered from this stuff. You have no authority over me at all. Anytime darkness in any way tries to encroach upon who you are, your person, your life, anything, you need to remember right here, Paul prayed and he said, I want you to know that you've been delivered from, rescued from, redeemed from, ransomed from. He went into the slave market, he paid the price and he pulled you out. He didn't just pull you out. He set you totally free. You're not subject to darkness. Whoever the sun sets free is free indeed. Number five, number five, he granted you new citizenship. I'm transferred, it says, into the kingdom of his dear son. I have a citizenship, a new citizenship. I have a citizenship, and I am a child of God. I'm also a citizen of Canada, but first I'm a citizen of the kingdom of God. And that has authority over me in every issue of life. I'm not a Republican, a Democrat, a a liberal, a, a progressive conservative, an NDP. I'm a citizen of heaven. And then every other issue in my life is subject to that. That's where it goes. I've been transferred into the kingdom of his dear son. I've been brought under the rule of Christ and the benefits of his kingdom. My citizenship has privileges. I'm a child of God. There is a king, and there's a domain of the king, and everything under the king and all that is in his domain, I have because of my citizenship. I can go anywhere in the world, and I can walk up to a, a, a place that has a, what am I talking about? It's a, you know, when they got a Canadian embassy. I can show up with my passport and I can walk into a Canadian embassy. Not everybody can do that. But if you've got a Canadian passport, no matter where you are, you can step into a Canadian embassy. If you're not a citizen of Canada, you can't get into a Canadian embassy unless you're invited. But because I'm a Canadian citizen, I can walk in there and every benefit of Canada, no matter where I am in the world, every benefit of Canada is mine when I'm in that embassy. I am a living, breathing, walking embassy of God. Every benefit of heaven is there. I live under the domain of the king and every benefit of heaven is mine. Number six. This is it right here. He's removed all your failures. Don't ever shape your life by failure or disappointment. He purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. Don't have a sin relationship with God anymore. Have discussions about your failures, but always remember that he has utterly, totally forgiven you. Purchased your freedom and he forgave your sins. Not he will forgive, but he has forgiven. Ephesians 1-7, in him we have redemption through his blood and the forgiveness of sins. What? According to your ability to change your life. No, according to the riches of his grace. What is my forgiveness according to? It's according to his riches of unmerited, beautiful, flowing, liquid favor. Your sins are forgiven every way. He has removed all of your failures. So Paul is trying to emphasize that he is supreme, therefore he is sufficient. Because he is who he says he is, and he is the Lord of all, he then is faithful and sufficient and equal to everything he has promised you. You don't have to look elsewhere. You don't have to dabble in any other craziness. Just completely, absolutely trust him. And that's my prayer for you, you holy, faithful people manifesting faith and hope and love. One more slide. That's it. Giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us. Give thanks to the Father who has qualified us. Give thanks to the Father, my Father, my Heavenly Father, who has qualified us. Come on, stand up. How was that? Was that, what was that? Was it 20 minutes? I don't know. What, what do you think? Don't ever expect that to happen again. Yeah. Don't send me emails going, you know, I knew you could do it. Come on, close your eyes, bow your heads. You ready? Listen, he's qualified you. God did it. Everything you need to have a relationship with him was done by him. And you can be reconciled to the Father right now. You can be made holy, totally set free. Every every failure, every disappointment obliterated and thrown into the sea of his forgetfulness, made perfect, made totally whole in him. All of it because God has qualified you by the finished work of the cross. He did it. It's done. I've got good news for you. It's done. Welcome to a relationship with your Heavenly Father. Now what do I do then, Pastor? Here's the only one time you should do something. Believe. You need to do this. You need to believe. And then you know what you need to do going forward? Believe. Because it's by faith from first to last. Believe. If you've never believed, if you've never said, you know what, I believe that. I, You know what, that's reasonable. That's actually logical. That's knowledgeable. And I believe there is a God, and I believe there's a God who wants to have a relationship with me. I believe he made the agreement with himself, and I want in on that agreement, and I'm going to say thank you for qualifying me. So if that's you today and you want to say, I'm in, I believe on that, I'm going to count to three, and I want you to put your hand up. You've never done that before, but you want to say, I receive qualification as a child of God. Are you ready? One, two, three. Boom. Lift your hand. Thank you. Anyone else? Thank you. Anyone else? Lift your hand really high so I can see it. Lift it up. Lift it up thank you. Okay, you can put your hands down. Thanks. Come on, pray with me. Everybody pray. You're going to pray. You put your hand up. Just pray. And I ask you to pray this prayer. You ready? Say, Lord Jesus, thank you for qualifying me. Thank you for all that you've done. I believe that you're my Savior. And I believe that you are the way, the truth, and the life. Reconcile me to my Father. Forgive my sins heal my heart. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Let your spirit witness with my spirit. I am a child of God. I thank you, Lord. You're my Savior, and I'm forgiven, and I'm healed, and I'm free in Jesus' name. Amen. That was good. That was real good. All right, can those who are going to be minister at the altar come? and just come and be ready to minister at the altar. There could be, you, you might be here and you need to put a demand on what God did in the service today and what's happened. And these folks are here to pray for you and minister to you and care for you. So I, don't, don't leave without getting prayer, you know. If you haven't been to the altar in a long time, it's a good time. Get to the altar. You know, things happen at the altar. You know, so proud of Ramey and what he's done over there. Went over to see the, the thrift shop, the Teen Challenge thrift shop he opened up. Looks fantastic. Bless you guys. Bless what you're doing. I know it was a lot of work, but I tell you, God honor you and bless you for that. You know, and I know there's a big vision for more of that. And we just pray in Jesus' name that you be strengthened in every way. So I was just really happy to be there and see that. So bless you guys. Father, we just thank you for your goodness, your grace. Thank you for meeting with us today in such a big way. It's so awesome to experience your presence like that. And I know that you've enriched my heart. I know that, oh, (laughs) I know that you've seated me with some good things, some fresh things, some new things. And I am so grateful and I'm thankful. I am thankful and I give thanks to my Father who qualified me for all these wonderful things. So Father, I pray in Jesus' name that you bless each one. Father, your love. Lord Jesus, your grace, Holy Spirit, your intimate friendship be with each and every one now in Jesus' precious name. Amen. God bless you. Have an awesome day. The altars are open. If you need prayer, you need ministry, you need a touch from God, please come. Folks are ready to pray for you right now.